This podcast is brought to you by Gridiron Heroics Media. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Welcome, one and all, to the Gridiron Heroics Football Show. I'm Max Dean. You can find me on Twitter at TheMaxDean. And we are here to do our week six picks against the spread for the Sunday NFL slate. Now, we are going to be doing some news here in just a moment. We do not have a Thursday night football recap because last night was my son's birthday. I wanted to spend it with him. So forgive me, but I do believe that we can all manage without a Commanders versus Bears recap this year. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it wasn't intentional that it was on that particular day, obviously, but it kind of worked out in the scheme of things. But to start everything off, we have Julius Lux to go over the news. How are you doing today, Julius? All is well. I was going to say you did miss too much uh, back-to-back weeks of some tough Thursday night football. I'm about to, like, you know, send Amazon a nice letter. <laughs> nice little free subscription would be nice. But I think next week's game, which I think it's the Saints and Cardinals, should be better. But other than that, all is well. How about you? All is well. All is well. Uh, I'm think I'm catching up with work. I think we're getting back into a routine. We've got some cool stuff coming. We're going to be live streaming this coming week. So um, yeah, uh, other, anytime I can manage the workflow, life is good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's jump into some news today. All right. So we're going to start off with some more bad news in Cleveland. Another woman has filed a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson for inappropriate actions in a massage session in 2020. This is number 26 against the Cleveland quarterback for accusing him of either sexual misconduct or sexual assault. So he's got another one. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about this one. I think anything at this point is pure speculation until more details come out. Plus, I think, you know, we've all heard enough about it. I think when we know more... It is worth talking about because we don't ever want to brush this stuff aside, but I don't want to speculate anymore. Absolutely agree. Moving to Washington. Commanders owner Dan Snyder claims that all NFL owners hate each other and throws a lot of shade towards the NFL. There are rumors he pulled the Carson Wentz trade to hide off his off-the-field issues that relate to investigations going on with numerous things such as harassment, racism, and some culture discomforts so i didn't read too much into this i my uncle told me about this this morning not even 20 minutes ago and what is your take on this because i know this guy's had a lot of a lot of baggage to say yeah this is from the seth wickersham article i've read about a couple of pages of it and i just didn't have time to finish it all but obviously real bad look i think the big takeaway is is really this Everybody knows that there are major issues in the commander's organization. Everybody knows they stem from Daniel Snyder. At this point, it's clear that nobody in the NFL is on his side. But based on what the report is, he will probably be safe for now because apparently he has information on a a number of the owners plus the commissioner that they would not want out. And he will absolutely leak it if he is... Um, if he is outed as an owner so that's it and and maybe some of that's not true maybe he's bluffing I honestly don't know I'm sure that there is probably information on any one of those guys that probably less than flattering 
but whether it's enough to to stop them from getting him out, I couldn't say. But those are the key takeaways from the article that I I was able to to glean, and I think that's usually stuff up top. So, um, just want to give credit to that article because it's a uh, it's a really good one, and it's a bombshell too. Yeah, I think that's the same one I was looking at, and I know a lot of reactions on social media as well as I think Al Michaels mentioned it yesterday i don't know if it was during the game but i did read that he said this a lot of guys think he should just go ahead and sell the team but i don't think that's gonna happen yeah he doesn't he doesn't want to so he'll be he'll be pushed out if he ever does leave yeah he did say like i'm not losing my franchise that was his <laughs> words yeah so that's we're gonna that's st- <laughs> we're gonna stick with the nation's capital for this next piece Corner William Jackson III wants a fresh start and out of Washington. Sources say he would like a new home. The team has engaged in trade talks, hoping to grant his wish. He did not make the trip to Chicago for the Thursday game. Yeah. Um, obviously not the best situation there. I don't know what the dynamic is between he and them. I think uh, he's been a good player at times in his career clearly not comfortable there he's not performing super well I think in this case it's best to just try and find a a solid home for him before the trade deadline and try and get something in return I know that they gave him a fairly large contract but I think I think if you're the commanders you should just cut your losses and, and try and try and move on absolutely agree the NFL is looking into an attempted kick by Tom Brady towards Grady Jarrett, after a controversial roughing the passer penalty, he could be fined. So the fining rules are 10500 for a first offense and 15500 for the second offense. So Tom Brady could be getting a sizable fine depending on this investigation. Yeah, I saw the kick. And I think he. it kind of looks intentional. It might be, I think traditionally it would be hard to prove. But of course, the NFL can basically punish you however they see fit. So... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, especially with uh, some of the the public reaction to him being protected in quotes, you know, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL does that just to make it, you know, seem even, I guess. But I mean, let's be honest, it did look kind of intentional. Moving to Dallas, growing discomfort will not stop Micah Parsons from playing Sunday night's primetime showdown against the Eagles. They're taking it easy with him at practice, letting him rest, working what he can do. But a groin issue should not stop the man from playing Sunday night. Yeah, um, I think this is a little bit tough for him because we've talked to Kyle Trimble before about groin and pass rushers. It does make it pretty difficult to cut in one specific direction. You know what I mean? Whichever side the, the groin injury is on. Now, he is an absolute beast, so I do believe that he can still be, you know, impactful but I don't know if we'll see as dominant uh, of a player as we've seen over the first few weeks especially against a good Philadelphia Eagles offensive line but they're going to need him in this this divisional matchup absolutely big matchup for probably the division as of right now moving on Giants punter Jamie Gillian is back with the team after a passport issue that kept him in London so he was in practice yesterday and he's all good to go it seems like he was stuck there for a little while. He didn't travel back originally, but now he's back. That's interesting. So he's a Scottish hammer, right? So I guess yep. he's I guess he's from the UK and maybe he maybe I guess he's probably still a UK citizen. I honestly don't know. But uh 
that must that would be the only thing that would have kept him over there. Maybe his visa was out of date and he wasn't didn't pay close enough attention. Yeah, I get I I don't know the whole issue. I don't even have my own passport. I would love to get one because I've never <laughs> I've never been outside the U.S. before. But um, yeah. So the Giants got their their boot back, and that's all the news I got for you. All right. Well. Yeah, I mean, as far as passport goes, if you are a non-U.S. citizen, you need a visa to stay here for any length of time. Um, I think for a lot of countries, you need a visa to even visit. And so more than likely, he has a, a visa that allows him to work in the U.S., which the uh, which whichever NFL team he plays for uh, would have gotten for him. He probably got one with one of the other NFL teams. And then now that he's now that he's with the Giants, they probably never updated it and it's just out of date or something. That's what, what I would guess. My wife is not uh, an American citizen, so we deal with that stuff fairly regularly. In fact, we spent a lot of the year in Romania last year. So, All right. That'll do it for us today. Thank you so much, Julius, for going through the news with us. And now we are going to dive into our picks for week six. Gamblers. Wagerers and riverboat ramblers. Tonight, we pick. <laughs> All right, we are back to pick a Sunday slate of NFL football. It's week six, and that means we have just started our bye week, or bye weeks, I should say, and we have a couple less games to pick, but a full slate nonetheless. To do that with me, as always, I have our lead betting analyst, Kyle Nishida. And Bryson Owens. Kyle, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Hopefully I'll do better this week. Although I think I'm picking a lot of road teams again, which didn't do that well for me <laughs> last weekend. So uh, maybe if I try again, it'll work. I will have to go back and see how I did. I, I don't remember exactly, but I'll check at the end. Bryson, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well so far, man. I'm with Kyle on this one. I need to do better this week, but I also have a lot of road teams covering this week. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. I I think we've done a pretty good job for the most part as a show. We've been over 500, at or over 500 quite a bit. And I think when you pick this many games against the spread, that's you're not always picking games that you're comfortable with. I think it's a little easier when you can select what your favorite picks are. So I think we've done all right. We're going to jump right in today. And we have the New Orleans Saints hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Saints are plus two, so they're home underdogs just by a little bit. Neither team has been, you know, excellent. Both teams have shown a propensity to score. Both teams we know have weapons. I think the Saints will be without Chris Olave this week, I'm pretty sure. And correct me if there's um, any new information on that. But basically, the Saints are pretty bagged up. The Bengals haven't been dominant. Kyle, what do you think? Which which team is going to walk away with this one? Yeah, talking about we're like five games into the season and we really don't have any idea what these two teams are. I probably would stay away from this game altogether, but as you both know, I was very high on the Saints to begin the season. I still want to believe in them. However, they're making this really, really <laughs> difficult. Um, I would say the Saints' offensive outburst last week is more about how awful the Seahawks' defense is. Um, also, the Saints needed Taysom Hill to go berserk, not Andy Dalton or any of those receivers. I 
I don't know if the Bengals are good on the flip side. I think Zach Taylor is getting exposed for the mediocre coach he actually is. Um, as I said, I'd probably stay away from this. However, if you're gonna make me pick it, I'll probably I'm gonna take this uh, the Bengals minus two and a half. Yeah, you've both kind of already alluded to why I'm taking the Bengals um, to cover here because one, the Saints are extremely banged up. This may change depending on if Jameis is good to go, but even if J- Jameis is healthy, he's not going to be 100%. I'm still going to take the Bengals no matter what. And the other thing is you mentioned the Seahawks defense last week, Kyle. The Bengals have a very good defense. Their defense is playing very, very well this season. Um, the Saints, we show, we've seen this season, have not performed well against good defenses, and that's with their teams pretty healthy. And now this week, you mentioned Max, no Chris Olave, most likely. Jarvis Landry's banged up. Uh, Jameis Winston's banged up. They're not 100% healthy this um, week. They're far from it. And so I've got the Bengals, who's, who've been playing a lot better as of late, especially that O-line. Joe Burrow's been hit a lot less than he was the first couple weeks. So I've got the Bengals covering here. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I don't. I do not like picking this game. I genuinely don't. It would not be one that I would think about doing if we weren't doing the show. So, I mean, the, Saint, the Saints had a good showing last week. I don't think the Bengals are going to be as susceptible to the Taysom Hill package. They might still get something out of that. They might still get a score here or there. Bengals are still explosive any given week. I wish I would see it more week to week on a consistent basis, but they can still do it. So I'll, I'll take I will I'll take the Bengals minus two in this one as well. New York Giants coming off a big win. They're hosting the Baltimore Ravens. They are plus five and a half. Obviously, the Ravens are considered to be a little bit more of a, a complete and better team than the Packers right now, but still what the Giants have shown so far. It's been pretty impressive. Do we think the Ravens are going to overcome the hot Giants with minus five and a half? Or do you think the Giants are are a good candidate to backdoor cover or even outright win this game? Well, just jumping off of that point, it's like the whole NFC East has been unpredictable except the Washington Commanders. I think we all kind of understood <laughs> where they were. But, I mean, the Giants are one of the biggest reasons why the NFC East has been so unpredictable. I love what Dayball's doing. However, I feel like there's got to be a certain cap that's that's there for the Giants when they're literally just relying on Saquon Barkley to do everything on offense. I get the Ravens have a very poor pass defense, but again, you're trusting Daniel Jones. You really think he's going to take advantage of that? I think the Giants are a pretty good team. However, I think the their cap is the Ravens, and I think the Ravens are going to cover the five-and-a-half-point spread. You started off, Max, by saying the Ravens are a more complete team than the Green Bay Packers. Are they really, though, or do they just have a more dynamic and explosive quarterback right now? I mean, they can't run the ball with anyone but Lamar Jackson, and their defense is pretty abysmal right now. So are they really a better team than the Green Bay Packers, or is Lamar Jackson just better than Aaron Rodgers that's my big question between those two teams but with the Giants I mean Brian Dayball is my coach of the year right now the way he's coaching up that team is phenomenal especially how he's coaching Daniel Jones he's not Daniel Jones is playing such much more 
safe football. He's not putting the ball in other people's hands as often as he was in years past. And he's not doing anything crazy. He's just, you know, he's being a game manager right now. And it's exactly what Daniel Jones is um, at this point in his career. And Saquon Barkley is playing absolutely phenomenal football against this Ravens defense who can't stop anyone. Um, I have the Giants at least covering. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover a five and a half point spread, especially since they're four and one this season against the spread. And where they run two teams who are going to run the football, that usually leads to closer games than people think. So at home, I've got the Giants covering. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly, I believe I said they're perceived to be the more complete team. I, I think, I think they are, but I wouldn't say it's it's by a lot. Um, I think the quarterback situation helps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, to be honest, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing bad. I think or badly. I think the the weapons are a problem. Um, I think Lamar is playing very very well. But let's be honest. I mean, he has legitimate weapons at this point. Mark Andrews is one of the best offensive players in the NFL. Devin Duvernay is a very good accentuating piece. J.K. Dobbins is kind of getting back to it. You know, and I mean, it's going to take a couple of weeks. I'm sure they can run the ball more effectively as he gets, you know, he gets he rounds into form. And Rashad Bateman is is a quality receiver as well. So for all the grief that we've been giving the Ravens about not having passing weapons. They have more legitimate options than the Green Bay Packers do. I think. I mean, I think I'm going to take the Giants to cover here, back to our cover. I do think the Ravens managed to win. I think this is kind of like last week, where whatever happens, if you you give Lamar Jackson the ball with a minute and a half, two minutes left, they're going to drive and probably score or at least get a field goal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to. To, to the Giants to cover, even though I do expect the Ravens to ultimately win. I think five and a half is a little a little bit rich. Um, okay, so <laughs> one team that we're pretty down on after last week, one team where we don't even know if you guys feel the same way as I do, if we don't even know what to think about it. We have the Cleveland Browns at minus two and a half hosting the New England Patriots. So the Browns are favored, even though the Patriots just straight up shut out the Lions last week. What... What do we think about this game? I mean, the Browns, you know, they did have the opportunity to win at the end with the field goal, but it seemed like there were multiple times when they just gave the game away last week. Kyle, how do you feel about the Browns? Are you way down on them, or are you still kind of in a holding pattern? Um, I'm kind of in a holding pattern with them, but in this, in specifically with this game, I think the wrong team's favored here. Um, as crazy as that sounds, the Patriots don't even know if they're going back to Mac Jones or not. I'm, I'm, I'd take the Patriots plus two and a half here. Look, the Browns, I think you, you mentioned it. The Browns probably should have beaten the Chargers due to Brandon Staley's stupidity last, last Sunday. However, the Browns continued being what they are, the Cleveland Browns. So now they have to face Bill Belichick, who is eight and two straight up and seven and three against the spread against that franchise in his career. I understand Zappi isn't anything special. However, the Browns do not have a good run defense, and that's going to play right into what Bill Belichick wants to do. I expect them to use Ramondre Stevenson exclusively, and I see them covering a two-and-a-half-point uh, underdog spread. Yeah, last week was a pretty 
crazy outcome for both teams. I don't think anyone expected the Patriots to shut out the Lions, especially the way the Lions offense was operating before going into that game. And the Browns, like you guys mentioned, had a chance to win the game and then pulled the Browns and pulled the field goal. But um, I have the Browns covering this one. I don't. I think they're the correct team to be favored. I think they're the better overall team. They have more pieces on their roster than the Patriots do. And for the most part, Jacoby Brissett's been playing very solid football for the Cleveland Browns. He hasn't been doing anything spectacular, but he's been keeping the chains moving. He's been looking at Amari Cooper first, second, and third, which when you've got a runner the way um, Amari Cooper is, not a bad option because he's usually open more times than not. He and Cooper have a very good connection right now, and that just seems to be how Amari Cooper is wherever he goes. He just seems to have a good connection with his quarterback. Um, I don't think the Patriots have the defense to stop that run game either. I mean, this is the best run game in football with Chubb and Hunt. I mean, they're going to get their run game going. And I think in a two-and-a-half-point spread, it's not the biggest spread in the world. And I think the Browns are going to win this game. So I have them covering mostly just because, especially with the question marks at quarterback, with Zappi and Jones, I don't know who's going to start. It's probably going to be Bailey Zappi. And I don't know, this. the Browns' defense is better than the Lions' defense. We're going to see how he performs against a better pass rush, a better secondary. So it's going to be really interesting. You know, Bill Belichick is a master coach, like you mentioned, Kyle, but I've got the Browns covering the spread. I don't know if the wrong team is favored necessarily, but... I don't think it's a good matchup for the Browns. I think they can't stop the run. You know, they didn't invest in defensive tackle this offseason, and it's showing up. Patriots are obviously very good on the offensive line and are pretty good running team themselves. Um, I don't think the defense has been as good as we would have hoped in general, although I will say, you know, Miles Garrett might have his way with, uh, with uh, whoever starting quarterback is out there. <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Patriots to backdoor cover this. I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that the game is going to be very, very close. You know, this might be a a comeback week for Cade York or something like that. This might be a redemption for him. And I just, I don't think it's a great matchup for the Browns. And I'm kind of happy to get a few points for the Patriots just because I'm not super confident uh, with Cleveland. All right. Indianapolis Colts somehow favored over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know they didn't have a great week last week. The Colts had a terrible week last week, though. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> they are minus two over the Jaguars. In Indianapolis, I get that. But, I mean, they have to have made major changes to play and beat any team that isn't the Denver Broncos, at least the way the Broncos played last week. So, I don't know. How are you feeling about the Colts? Are you just are you out on them, or are you are you happy with two points? What do you think, Kyle? Um, holding pattern still. Um, I don't like this game at all. I look. You're not gonna you're not gonna hear a disagreement from me. The Colts are trash, guys. <laughs> I I don't have to uh, explain that at all. However, the Jaguars are the perfect definition of a Jekyll and Hyde. So I have no clue what's gonna happen with this game. Um. The thing is, I do want to take the Colts in this position just because they're the home team. However, they haven't been able to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence in any of the past meetings. So if that's the case, Lawrence is going to take those 5 to 15-yard quick throws all game, 
which is what he did in in their shutout win over the Colts in week two. I'm going to take the Jags plus two here with the hopes I'm wrong, and then I'll just move on to the next (laughs) game. (laughs) Yeah, this is a game where I think the wrong team is favored. I think the Jags should be favored. I think that they're, at this point in the season, the better team, Um, especially with how many injuries the Colts are dealing with. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's not going to be 100% if he even plays. Um, Harrison, or their uh, linebacker, has been playing for, he missed last week. He's still probably banged up from his concussion. Um, and they've got a load of injuries on that offensive line. This Jags defense is legit. They get after the quarterback, they cause pressure, and it makes great opportunities for that secondary to get a turnover or two, and Matt Ryan turns the ball over right now. He's tied for or leads the league in um, turnovers right now. I can't remember which is. I think he leads the league in turnovers right now. And against this Jags defense, if you are a turnover problem, they're going to make – uh, make you turn the ball over, and then they're going to give that offense, which they've been getting Travis Etienne involved a lot more recently, which is good to see because he is an explosive player for this offense in both the run game and pass game. So they can get him going and get an even split with him and James Robinson out of the run game. I think that will help Trevor Lawrence get back on track from his two really struggling um, starts recently. Um, I think this is a bounce-back game for the Jags. I have them covering mostly just because I have them winning the game. So. I bet the Jaguars in this one. Yeah, you know, I took the Colts last week, and it it did work out. I've had some luck with Thursday night games, actually. But I think the Jaguars are are the better team right now. I don't don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for the Colts to kind of round into form by the time the season is done. Big problem, though, is they have got to figure out the offensive line. Mm -hmm. If they don't figure out the offensive line, there is no way that they are winning a game. I mean... The Denver offense was pretty atrocious, and it gave them a lot of opportunities, a lot of drives. But, I mean, if they can't protect it all, the Jaguars are not going to be – they're not going to have that hard of a time on offense. They're just not. So I'm going to take the Jaguars here as well. I, I think you got to show me that offensive line is better before I start picking you, I think, in any spread. Green Bay Packers. Okay, guys, this is what I'm a little bit I'm happy to talk about here. We have the Green Bay Packers minus seven against the New York Jets. I told you guys, I told you. You I remember you guys laughing your asses well, your 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 butts off. Shouldn't be cursing on this show. But uh uh when I picked the Jets to make the playoffs. Now I don't know if they're gonna make it, but clearly they are a better team than a lot of people thought. Told you last week. Don't look at any historical data regarding how this team performs against the spread because it's a very different team. And fortunately, thank goodness, they backed me up on that. So we have the Green Bay Packers with a huge spread, minus seven, hosting the Jets, even though the Packers are coming all the way back from London. So it's basically a pretty short week for them, all things considered. Kyle, have you changed your tune on the Jets at all, or do I still have to convince you more? No, you're still gonna have to convince me. <laughs> look, they look again. Dropping forty is pretty impressive, but again, they're playing against a team that had to just throw in Skylar Thompson on a whim. So I'm I'm gonna hold reserve judgment there. Um, instead of betting on a historical trend involving the Jets, I'll focus on one involving the Packers. <laughs> this one's interesting. The Packers are ten and zero against the spread following a loss under Lafleur. However. I have no idea what's wrong with the Packers. They have consistency issues on both sides of the ball. I Their weapons are 
are here and there and far in between. So I've been wavering back and forth with this game uh, throughout the week. For the purposes of this show, I'll take the Jets plus seven. <laughs> and I, as That's I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not sure if the Jets are good yet. However, the Packers haven't done anything of late that's making that's making me feel like they can cover a spread. And I'll I'll make this note. We mentioned teams coming back from London. This is interesting. Seven times in NFL history has a team returned from Europe without a bye. Every one of those teams was tied or trailing in the fourth quarter the following week. The Jets are going to be in this game late. Yeah, I think this is too big of a spread i i think i understand why it's as big as it is just because of the names but but if really based on how these teams are playing i can see the packers being favored but not by seven i mean they're too one-dimensional on offense for me to take them at a seven point spread they rely too much on the run game and aaron Rodgers has a connection with two receivers right now and it's not a great connection it's randall cobb who you know he's had a connection with their entire careers and he's starting to build one with romeo dobbs it's it's growing. He's been targeting him a lot more than his other young receivers, which is interesting to watch, um, especially down in the red zone. He really is giving him opportunities to score touchdowns. So if that connection can, um, continues to grow, that can be a really dynamic um, duo right there with how with the athleticism of Romeo Dobbs. It's going to be interesting to watch if that ever turns into anything. But with the way the Jets are playing, I mean, on both sides of the ball, I don't see how they are going to lose this game by more than seven points. I don't think they're going to win, but I think seven points is too big of a spread here. I've got the Jets covering. Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and try and tell you the Jets are going to win. I mean, when I when I picked this game outright on the Jets podcast, it's I did pick the Jets to lose. But seven points is way too much for the way these two teams are playing and the fact that the Packers are coming back from London. I, I just think that it's hard to watch, actually watch both of those games and think that's a reasonable spread. So the Jets are an easy selection here. Um, I think there is a chance that they win, but I will still take the, the veteran quarterback and, and the established team over them outright, but seven points is too much. Falcons at home, plus five and a half over the San Francisco 49ers, or I should say technically under the 49ers. Falcons, they're hanging in there for a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Last week, they kind of, I would say they hung around. They got down a little bit. They kind of came back. They were close enough that maybe something could have happened. But, you know, I think against some of these better teams, they're finding it hard to, to truly compete. They've got some weapons. You know, their defense is probably, probably a little better than we expected. But San Francisco 49ers are just playing so well right now. Their defense is among the best in the league. Probably could make an argument that it is the best. The offense is operating very efficiently behind, you know, uh, an offensive line that isn't as good as last year, but under the leadership of Jimmy Garoppolo once again. So do we feel like this is a five and a half point type of game for the 49ers? Uh, Yes, we do. Um, I will also make the note. The Falcons actually did something to try to make this game more, make that game against the Bucks more interesting. The refs just got in the way. So I'll just put it, I'll put it that way and move on. But as far as this game, look, the Falcons, I get they're 5-0 and against the spread. Look, regression's going to come, and I think that starts this weekend against the 49ers. Despite the, this being the, back, the second of a back-to-back East Coast trip for the Niners, they're 6-0 and against the spread in those second games. Um, 
on the East Coast in the past 20 years. So this is another game where I think the Niners just need to get to three touchdowns. Heck, the 21, a 21-15 result like last weekend, the 49ers cover the spread. So I, I'd take this uh, minus five and a half with the 49ers. Yeah, this is a this is one of those spreads where I'm really nervous because it could really go either way because the Niners are a much better football team than the Falcons, but the Bucks are a much better team than the Falcons, and the Falcons were in that football game. Um, they, the Falcons have a have a, have done a really good job of covering spreads this season. They're five and zero against the spread right now, so to start the season. Um, so, based on that trend, you should take the Falcons to cover here. Um, the problem is no Cordero Patterson again, and I think that's going to show more in this game than it did in the last game because I think the Niners' defense is the best in football right now. Um, the way they're playing, they're they're great against the run. They're great against the pass. They can get to the quarterback and. Nick Bosa is proving to be one of the best, if not competing for the best um, edge rusher in football right now. He's been playing phenomenal. I think this is going to be the game where it shows just how limited the Falcons are. They're very well coached. Um, they don't they don't cause a lot of dumb penalties. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They st- they hang in these games. I just don't know if they have the talent to hang with the Niners. And say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but. This team clearly operates better with him in the, at quarterback than they were with Trey Lance. And all he does is get the ball to his playmakers. He just gets it to Debo Samuel, gets it to George Kittle quick and early, and lets them do the rest. And I think there's no one on the Falcons team that's going to be able to stop those two. So this one's nervous just based on how the Falcons have been playing for me, but I've got the Niners covering. Yeah, so do I. I. That defense is just, it's scary. I think anytime they go up against a, a subpar offense, they're going to eat. And, you know, five and a half is just just enough to make me think about it, but but they're, they're just playing too well right now, so I'm going to go with them. Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus eight and a half. They got absolutely boat raced by the <laughs> Buffalo Bills last week. Do we think that they are about to be boat raced for a second consecutive week by Tom Brady and company? Well, I'll say this. I didn't have the Steelers as a playoff team this year, but I didn't think they'd fall so flat on their face to be in consideration for the number one pick this season. Um, The fact they were 14-point dogs was stunning, and the fact they couldn't cover that emphasizes the sad state that franchise is in at the moment. I'll take the Bucks minus eight. Uh, I I get the fact that Tampa's kind of kind of working their way through the injuries and this weird state that Tom Brady's in, even though he's playing really really well. Um, so I'll take Tampa minus eight. Also, note even if the it, the game is close, just note that the refs are going to do whatever they can to protect Tom, and he's going to be able to cover that spread because the refs are going to help. Man, you sound a little bitter about that, Kyle, based on last week. I get it, but whew, you're really going after these refs today. Um, I've got the Bucks covering the spread, too, even though their offense has given me no real reason to give them an eight-point spread, eight-and-a-half-point spread, but it's really more of a fate of the Steelers. I mean, my God, is that offense awful. Kenny Pickett came in, nothing changed. I know he went up against Buffalo in his first career start, but it wasn't much better with the Jets, as you mentioned last week. 
Max, I mean, Kenny Pickett's a turnover problem. He has four turnovers so far this season. Only He has two rushing touchdowns, still hasn't thrown a passing touchdown. And this Bucks defense is as good, if not better, than the Bills defense he played last week. If anything, they're more healthy than the Bills defense. And we saw what happened that week. I think this is a week where the uh, Bucks are going to get their offense going. That You've seen trends where they're heading into the right direction, especially when uh, Tom Brady has more than just Mike Evans to throw the ball to. If he's got Chris Godwin, if he's got Russell Gage or someone else for, um, stepping up at the wide receiver position, that offense has the ability to be one of the better ones in the NFL. And then that, that Steelers defense is a mess it's without T.J. Watt. And that goes to show you how important he is to that team. That defense is pretty awful right now. Minka Fitzpatrick can't even tackle. Like, that's how bad this defense has been playing right now. So, if this is more of a fade of the Steelers, just because I have no trust in them on either side of the ball, but I've got the Bucks covering the spread. Well, this one, I think, will be a little bit closer than the Bills one was, clearly. Well. I think the big reason for that is that the Steelers do have a very good defensive line. I mean, they've got... Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward, got Alex Highsmith. That that matchup is a little bit tougher for the the Buccaneers who have a banged up offensive line. I think the Bills are a little bit healthier there, and Josh Allen is just you know he's just lighting it up. He's just throwing bomb after bomb after bomb. Now I don't think that the 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 Buccaneers will do the same thing. I think they're still going to win, but it's going to be a little bit more down to earth overall just as a result of that particular matchup but if you flip it over just like you were just talking about Bryson the Bucks defense does it doesn't look very good for the for the Steelers on that front I mean for Pickett and that that offensive line to go up against that dominant defensive line that high quality secondary I think we're probably looking at more turnovers maybe they round into form a little bit but I'm still going to take the Bucks here now Last week when when we were doing we were picking that game with a 14 point spread, I told you I'm taking the Bills and I'm happy about it. I'm like very happy about it. I was pretty confident. I wouldn't say I'm as confident with this one, but I will still take the uh, Steelers to miss on a a pretty big spread here. Miami Dolphins they are home underdog underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half. It's kind of sad to see, considering how good the Dolphins were prior to all of the injuries piling up. I think, you know, Teron Armstead getting hurt, that was just a matter of time. and Probably going to be dealing with that kind of stuff all year. Mm-hmm. It stinks to see both corners and both wide receivers banged up because that's a, a notable strength of the team on both sides of the ball. And then not having their quarterback in there either. It's just This is su- such a what-could-have-been and if they don't get those guys back and get healthy soon, this is going to be such a disappointing season. Even for me, who's an AFC East fan that's not a Dolphins fan, I still I still would have liked to see all the fireworks that they could display. So what do we think? Do we, do we think that they managed to squeak out a win or at least backdoor cover against this Vikings team, or do you think they're just too injured? I, I think they're too injured. Look, it they you mentioned all their injuries. You didn't even point out the fact they're gonna be going to Skylar Thompson again this weekend. Mm-hmm. And if if Tua and Bridgewater aren't out there, I just I don't know what Miami's gonna do on offense. They they had a tough enough time moving the ball against the Jets and now they're going against the Vikings. 
I think Minnesota is doing. Minnesota is a weird team. They're doing everything they possibly can to not cover spreads. Um, however, I I just don't see a situation where Skylar Thompson and a and the banged up Miami Dolphins are going to come close to covering a three and a half point spread. So I'll take the Vikings minus three and a half. Yeah, this is probably my easiest pick of the week. Honestly, I think three and a half is is too close for how this game looks like it could turn out to, um, based on how injured the Dolphins are, like you guys mentioned. Going to Skylar Thompson for this game, Hill not 100% healthy. Now, he it sounds like he's going to try and give it a go and play this week, but even if he goes, he's not going to be the explosive Tyreek Hill like we're used to just because it's a lower body injury and it's going to limit him a little bit. Then the rest of that team is just so banged up, like you mentioned, Max. I mean, and the Vikings are... They're not playing, they're not covering spreads, but they're winning games. And when you are winning games, eventually, when you run into a team who's as banged up as the Dolphins are, you get everything to click, especially the way that offense has been playing. It's more it, it's more well-rounded than it was early in the year. They're running the ball a lot better right now than they were early on. And Justin Jefferson had a, like a two- or three-week stretch where he was getting locked up by, by corners. That hasn't happened, or that didn't happen last week. Justin Jefferson... There's no one on this Dolphins team that can cover him, I don't think, especially with how banged up that secondary is. I think he's going to have a monster game. I think Dalvin Cook is going to run the ball really well, and that Dolphins offense isn't, isn't going to be able to move the ball because they already can't run the ball, and now they're, um, one of their running backs is hurt, so that's going to limit them a little bit on offense. And with Skylar Thompson, I've, I have no faith in the Dolphins being able to cover the spread. So I've got, I've got the Vikings, and it's probably my easiest bet this week. Yeah, I think there's just always the chance that at least one of those two wide receivers goes off. You know, they can just take one pass and go to the house. I think even in their injured state, you saw moments where it almost happened against the Jets. But I think just generally speaking, it's not a good matchup. I mean, the Vikings Vikings are a pretty complete team themselves. I don't think they're really dominant in any single phase, but they're, they're pretty much all around good. I don't think they have a single big weakness so i'm just not sure what exactly would be in the dolphins favor ultimately so i'm going to take the vikings minus three and a half here as well i think it could be close i don't love that that extra half a point there to be perfectly honest i don't know why but i'm still going to take the vikings vegas still seems to like the rams because they are minus 10 hosting the carolina panthers now maybe that's 100 percent a panthers thing but, you know, the Rams have not exactly been on a hot streak lately. Panthers fired their coach partway through the year. Bryson, are you officially out on the Panthers at this point? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's not looking great. I took a swing. I, uh, I took a swing, and it's not paying off. Uh, yeah, look, I feel you. I'm, I think some of my, my picks are not perfect at this point either. But, uh, all right, Kyle, Rams, minus 10, yay or nay? Um. Can I pass? <laughs> I mean, it, look, I, I'll be frankly honest. This is a game I want no part of. Look, the Rams' offense just lacks any sort of pop or explosion that it had last year. And then you guys mentioned it. The Panthers are the Panthers fired Matt Rule. Baker's banged up. Darnold's still on the shelf. They're going to be starting P.J. Walker again. Um, it's It does not look good. With this big spread, I'm actually going to take the Panthers plus 10. And the main reason why is I, 
I'm not expecting the Rams to do anything um, extravagant. They're probably going gonna just chug their way along into a six or seven point victory. And if I'm proven wrong, I'll actually be very, very happy because that means my NFC Super Bowl pick, which was the Rams, did something to get themselves moving in that actual direction. Mm-hmm. I think this is a get-right game for the Rams, especially at home. I mean, the Panthers, they're they're a mess right now. I mean, they, both their starting, both their top quarterbacks are hurt. Um, that offensive line can't block anyone right now, and Christian McCaffrey can only do so much. And when you've got bad quarterback play and a bad offensive line, it kind of limits what Christian McCaffrey can do. And he he's not good enough to carry a team um, like some running backs can, just because of the way the rest of that team is built and that defense is not performing the way that um, people thought it would going into the season. It was trending to be a pretty solid defense going into this year. They can't stop anyone right now. Um, They've got JC Horn playing really good football. That's their one bright spot really. And Brian Burns, that those are their bright spots on defense right now. Um, They're probably going to throw JC Horn on Cooper cup and Cooper cups still going to have 10 catches just because, that's what this offense is. I think this is a chance for uh, Matt Stafford to spread the ball around a little bit more, get Allen Robinson in- involved, get Tutu Atwell on a couple of deep passes like he did last week, um, get Higby involved like he has been. But more importantly, I think this is a chance for the Rams to get their run game going. The Panthers are 27th against the rush this season. Um, so with this is a great chance for the Rams to get a run game going. This is also a great chance for that defense to have a game that makes them look like the defense people thought they were going to be going into the year. So I think I'm going to take the Rams to cover, mostly because I think this is a chance for them to show the world that they can still make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, this is a this is a perfect example of a pick of mine that's not looking super hot at the moment. I also picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl for the NFC. I'm going to take the Panthers here. I certainly don't think they're going to win, but 10 points is a lot. I think, generally speaking, by NFL standards. So I'm going to take them to backdoor cover. I don't think it would be crazy to say that P.J. Walker is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield at this point. I mean, not that I'm, you know, not that I want to give him tons of credit, but to be honest, P.J. Walker, he's been competitive in a lot of the games that he's played. He might be more comfortable finding the weapons that, the Carolina Panthers do have. I think he's, you know, he can play like he doesn't have anything to lose, whereas Baker had kind of everything to lose, and we saw that in the way that he played. So I'm going to take the Panthers to cover here, even though I think the Rams will more than likely win the game outright. All right. Seattle Seahawks, plus two and a half, hosting the Arizona Cardinals, a divisional matchup that usually are close, But the Seahawks have been playing pretty good football lately, especially offense. I know the defense has had its issues. Cardinals have had their issues as well. How do we feel about Kyler Murray going into Lumen Field, I believe that it's now called? Because that is a tough place to play, especially when the divisional rival comes to town. It gets loud. How do we feel about that one, Kyle? Yeah, this is a weird one for me. Um, I... I normally would go with the with the Seahawks in that crowd. However, the Falcons decided to blow that up in week that whole line of thinking in week three. Um, look, the the fact of the matter is is if you're 
an opposing team against the Seahawks and you have offensive problems, the Seahawks defense is going to alleviate all of those guaranteed. <laughs> and so the Fal- or the Cardinals right now, they're kind of middling around in the in terms of offense. They're I think they're basically in the middle of the NFL and all the offensive statistics at the moment. So against against the Seahawks defense, I can only imagine they're going to f- figure some things out. I'll take the Cardinals minus two and a half. Look, Seattle had a tough enough time stopping Taysom Hill. I'm not sure what the game plan is going to be once they have to face Kyler Murray. Even if Kyler Murray isn't looking like his usual self, that still might be good enough for them to at least win by a field goal. I've got the Seahawks covering this game. I mean, their offense is lighting it up. Geno Smith is playing absolutely phenomenal football. And they have a very balanced running attack with Kenneth Walker, his emergence last week. Um, And then they still have Rashad Penny. Um, They they have a really good run game, which is going to help them out in this game. It makes Geno Smith's job a lot easier. And you see Geno Smith is just doing a great job of getting the ball to the open guy. It sounds easier than it actually is, but he is reading defenses really well right now. He's getting it to DK Metcalf. He's getting Noah Fant more involved. He's finding Tyler Lockett. It's, it, that offense is humming, and at home, the Cardinals, I have no faith in the Cardinals getting it together on defense. Really, that defense is not playing great football, and the offense is just kind of, what's a, it's kind of messy right now. I mean, there's just, it's not very smooth. Kyler is looking for one player pretty much the whole game, and it's Marquise Brown, and it's, a, it's doing really well in that respect, but with the rest of the team, I mean, Kyler Murray's not finding anyone else really consistently. That run game is struggling, and that they're very banged up. I mean, he has three offensive linemen who are questionable for this game. Um, James Conner is questionable with a rib injury going into this game. And an interesting player that usually never really matters until they either get hurt or they mess up is Matt Prater is doubtful for this game. And in a close game like this, your kick, your kicker, who Matt Prater is a very good kicker, your kicker being out could change a lot of things. I have the Seahawks covering the spread because I, I have them winning the game as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Bryson. I think the Cardinals, their middle-tier offensive output is pretty much all on the shoulders of Kyler Murray. Um, I, I, I don't think that they have a good offensive infrastructure. And... While they may be able to score with a team like the Seahawks, I don't think that their defense is going to be significantly better than the Seahawks either. I think this is going to be probably a shootout. I don't necessarily know if I love either team to win. I think this is just a situation with the Seahawks being at home. I probably would have just picked whichever team I got points for. Certainly more than like a point or two. So Seahawks at Plus two and a half is my pick for this uh, this particular matchup. Final afternoon game for the weekend. We have the Kansas City Chiefs plus two and a half against the Buffalo Bills. We've really saved the best for last year. This is going to be featured nationally. I cannot wait to watch this game. Two weeks ago, I had the Chiefs at one and the Bills at two in my power rankings. Last week, I have the Bills at one and the, uh, the Bills at one and the Chiefs at two in my power rankings. So this is best on best. And this is probably, more than likely, a preview of the AFC Championship game this year. And a rematch, of course, of a 
divisional round last year. How do we feel about this, Kyle? Are we taking the Bills in the Chiefs' house, minus two and a half here, or you you feel like the Chiefs are going to protect their home territory? Yeah, this one, obviously this is tough. I understand and see why the spread is what it is. Interesting note is... Uh, I think this is the only game CBS is going to be broadcasting during that window. So they've literally just said, go all in. We don't need <laughs> to show anything else during this window. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that gives you a good sense of the the overall uh, hype surrounding this game. Um, in terms of the pick, I'm going with the Chiefs plus two and a half here. Look, if you're giving me points with the Chiefs at home, I'm going to take them. And the reason why is I saw Mahomes is 13-2-1 against the spread in his career when he's not at least a three-and-a-half-point favorite, like now. So I, I understand everything about the Bills. I understand their explosiveness on, explosiveness on offense. I just, I'm not going to go against the Chiefs crowd, Mahomes, and just the overall the overall ability to get a couple free points with them. So I'll, I'll take the chiefs plus two and a half, totally understand the bills, totally believe that they're as good as they sound. I'm just going with the chiefs here. Yeah. This is a crazy game to um, look at when it comes to the spread. Cause this is the first time Mahomes is a home underdog in his career, which is just insane to think about. Um, But I think it's, (laughs) I honestly think it's for good reason. I think the bills are a better team right now than the chiefs. I think they're more well-rounded that Chiefs defense is a mess, the especially in the secondary. They can stop the run, which isn't going to matter in this game. Neither team can run the ball anyway, so it's going to be a ton of passing. If you want the easiest bet of the week, take the over in this game. It's going to be one of those type of just fireworks on both sides of the ball or both teams' offense kind of game. But with that said, the Bills do have a better defense than the Chiefs significantly. Their secondary is banged up, but that pass rush with Rousseau and Von Miller is making up for it, getting to the quarterback. Um, and my one concern is that the Chiefs haven't been, other than the game against the Cardinals, really, they haven't been dominating teams like their record would suggest. They are really one play away from losing to the Raiders. The Raiders were right there in that game. The Chargers were one play away from winning their game if it wasn't for a 100-yard pick six by a rookie. Um, and then... They, they, so the Chiefs just haven't been dominating teams like I'm used to seeing them win. Meanwhile, when the Bills win, they blow teams out. And I think the Bills are going to win this team this game. I don't think they're going to blow the Chiefs out by any stretch. It's going to be a close game. But I have the Bills covering mostly because I think that the Bills defense is going to give them at least a stop or two when I don't think the Chiefs defense can stop this Bills offense. I think the Bills have had this game circled on the calendar since late January last year because we know who we play, right? The The only thing we don't know, I think, is there's like one rotational game where we're not sure, and we don't know what the schedule is. But they knew they were going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills want revenge 100% after the way that last offseason or last postseason played out. I think if this was a head-to-head matchup without those stakes... I'd probably be more comfortable taking the Chiefs at home, especially with points. But I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills have something to prove to themselves more than anybody else. I think that they are coming into this game with some serious energy. So I'm going to take the Bills minus two and a half. I can't wait to watch it, though. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, primetime, Sunday Night Football. We have the Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half over the Dallas Cowboys. It's in Philly, so there's no doubt that that will come into play. Mm-hmm. Eagles are clearly the only undefeated team left at 5-0. and oh. The Cowboys have just been winning and winning and winning with their backup quarterback situation, so they're 4-1. and one. It's a divisional matchup. This is exactly what Sunday Night Football dreams of happening when they make this schedule. So what do we think, Kyle? What kind of show are we getting? Um, I I really don't know what to do here because I Dallas keeps on covering with Cooper Rush, and I don't know if it's because of Cooper Rush or if if it's because of the quality of competition Dallas is playing. Um, I do believe the Eagle, the Eagles have the more talented AmeriCoach team. Um, my one concern with the Eagles is they have not been a very good second half team. If you look at them, if you look at their points in the second half, they're averaging 5.8 points in the second half of games while averaging a blistering 21.2 in the first half of those games. So the, the idea for me is if I take the Eagles, I'm kind of worried about the, the Cowboys backdoor covering. I think the Eagles are going to at least, uh, are going to cover the, uh, six and a half point spread um i just don't know if cooper rush mania is gonna go on forever and so i'm just gonna roll with the fact that i think the eagles have the better talent they have shown the more uh explosive offense and so i think that's ultimately what's gonna get them to at least cover by seven points yeah i've also got the eagles covering um in this game it's more just a uh, testament to how good the Eagles are than anything else. I mean, the Cooper Rush is playing very good football. I don't think anyone expected him to stay undefeated as a starting quarterback this long. But what he does is he's not afraid to just look at um, C.D. Lamb and be like, if you're not open, then I'm either going to um, eat it or just look to my next read and hope that's open. But he looks at C.D. Lamb as his number one option pretty much every play, which Dak Prescott doesn't. I don't know what it is about Dak and CeeDee Lamb, but they do not have a connection. And the offense is just more smooth with Cooper because he has no problem looking CeeDee's Lamb more times than not. And it's paying, it's paying off. CeeDee Lamb is playing very good football with Cooper Rush. Um, that off the run game with Zeke and Pollard is playing very well. The one thing that's been winning these games for the Cowboys, though, is that pass rush. Like We can talk about Cooper Rush being undefeated all we want. It's that defense and specifically the pass rush with Micah Parsons, um, Lawrence, and Armstrong getting to the quarterback. But in their favor, in during this four-game win streak, they've played some of the worst offensive lines in football. I mean, they've played the Rams, they've played the Bengals, they've played the Commanders, and they've played the Giants. Those are four of the worst offensive lines in football. This week, they're going against the number one ranked offensive line in the entire league, which I think is going to change things. Um... The, the Eagles can run the ball better than... I think they're not... Based on the numbers, they're not the number one run team in football. But I think they're the most dynamic run game in the league with the ability of Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts involved. And just the fact that Jalen Hurts is an M, has gone from you know middle of the pack when it came to the MVP voting all the way to number four in MVP favorites right now for uh, the betting odds is insane to look at. I think that um, the Eagles just have the better overall offense and the defense is going to step up and make plays in this game. So I've got the Eagles covering. I, I'm i going to take the Cowboys here. 
I do think the Eagles are going to win, but this is Sunday Night Football in a divisional matchup, and I think that Cowboys defense is very, very legitimate. They're excellent. I think that if the Eagles are a little bit, a little bit one-dimensional at times, the Cowboys are going to ensure that that's the case. I think that the Cowboys are good enough on offense to stay close. I think six and a half points is just a little bit too much. I think this is going to be a close matchup. It's going to be down to the wire. Whichever team is down is probably going to have a legitimate chance to win it at the end of the game. And I think when I think about it that way, it's just it's hard to pick any team that's favored by more than six points. So that may come back to bite me, but I do think that that probably the Eagles are going to win, but I think it's going to be by three, four points, something like that. So that's going to conclude our picks for the week. We'll be back to pick the Monday night game when uh, we release our show on Monday. And now it's time to take a look at the week that was. Okay, so I kind of had a feeling I did pretty well this week. I did not know that I, I won. So I got 10 points here, which is best for the weekend. So... Props to me for that one, I guess. Um, that also actually, let me look here real, real quick. You should have passed me with that week. I did. I passed you, and I'm trying to look at total points. Uh, you're second as far as what yep. I'm seeing right now. I'm second, but remember, I'm missing one point because of a bad, a bad, uh, I just, I clicked the wrong thing, and I selected... Not what I selected on the show. For whatever reason, I clicked it on, on this. And that was like week two on Thursday Night Football, I think. So I believe it, that that makes me tied for first place with the red beard overall. And then for this weekend, I did the best. And then look, I'm looking for where where are we, guys? Oh, Bryson, you got six and a half. Still not bad, though. That's, that's almost 50%. Um, and then where are you, Kyle? Um, I think I had seven and a half. Yep, seven and a half. So, so you're 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 right there too. Okay, look. If there's one thing I've learned about picks, it takes one good week to make you look real good, and one <laughs> bad week to make you look real bad and drop you down in those standings. So, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, guys, can you let everybody know where they can find you? Remember, um, we will be back with our Monday show to recap everything as well as pick the Monday night game. And then these guys will be back with me next Friday to pick every game. And now we are going to start live streaming too. It's that This show is going to be a live stream going forward. But between then and now, Kyle, let everybody know where they can find your work. Yeah, I'm just dropping off uh, uh, betting and gambling stuff uh, on Gridiron Heroics. I'm also just throwing up random stuff on Twitter uh, about betting and everything like that. So you can follow me at Kyle underscore Nishida as well. Beautiful. And Bryson, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrysonOwen16. That's B-R-I-S-O-N. And then you can see my work on both Gridiron Heroics and DenverSportsBetting.com. Beautiful. All righty, guys. Hope I do as well as last week. And <laughs> I will talk to you very soon. Thank you all so much for listening to our week six picks episode. Remember, I'm Max Dean. You can find me on Twitter at TheMaxDean. And the Gridiron Heroics football show is available anywhere podcasts can be found. Now, we will be back on Monday to recap the week six slate with Kyron Samuels. And we will be doing it live. So you'll be able to find us on YouTube, possibly other places. But this is our first live stream. So 
think YouTube is the way to go to find us. You will still be able to get this show on podcast formats and be able to go back and watch it on YouTube after the fact. Now, we will see you all very soon.